Hey everybody, welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today I'm here to do another film review. This one's for Spider-Man Far From Home. It's of course the follow-up to pretty much both Avengers Endgame and Spider-Man Homecoming. Of course it takes place um, after both of those films. It's, it's, it's the newest installment in the MCU. And from what we understand at the moment, it's the last of the scheduled uh, MCU films. We know we've pretty much got Black Widow coming out. We know that we've got Guardians 3 uh, probably Spider-Man 3's, probably uh, Black Panther 2, uh, among others as well, uh, that are probably out there, but but uh, there's no current, we don't know which MCU film is next, but uh, sticking with Spider-Man Far From Home, I thought this was a pretty good film, I did think, that, like, at certain points in this film, I was kind of thinking like this doesn't feel that much like a Spider-Man film. That granted, there's a ton of scenes that are like it's it's sort of it's sort of like a forty-sixty split of like this feels like a Spider-Man film and then this doesn't feel like feel like a Sp- Spider-Man film. It's sort of trying to do this thing where um, and I'm gonna spoil Avengers Endgame and and some of the other films. So if you're the, the, one of the few people that hasn't seen uh, Avengers Endgame and all those sorts of ones, you're gonna want to click away from this. Or whatever, um, but I feel like they're trying to. They try. It's feel like they try to use this film to say, okay, Spider-Man is the future of the MCU. Basically, like you got, you got young uh, Tom Holland here, and he's you know the, the newer version of Spider-Man and all that sort of stuff. Uh, obviously, you're going to have Captain Marvel and Black Panther and the Guardians and all the other, all these other characters that are going to be the future of the MCU. Uh, after what happened with all the different Avengers um, in in Endgame and everything. Um, so it sort of feels like th- th- there's a lot of different characters in this film that are trying to sort of say to Peter Parker, like, okay, we're looking for the next Iron Man, there's not going to be exactly you, but we're looking for the next Iron Man kind of figure. Um, and in a lot of cases it works, and there's like a particular scene, obviously, in the film where, where it really works, and it sort of clicks with the audience a bit more, or, or maybe it will like click with you a bit more, whatever. Um... So yeah, this film's still a lot of fun, I still really enjoyed it, and uh, of course you've got like J- uh, the first edition of like Jake Gyllenhaal, there's uh, Mysterio in here, he's really really good in this as well, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed what they did with him as well, um, and yeah, all the other sort of returning characters like uh, Aunt May, and uh, Nick Fury, and I, th- I believe her name is Maria Hill, the one that Kobe Smulders plays, uh, and then you've got uh, Z- Zendaya, Zen- Zendaya? Who plays uh, MJ, and then you got Jacob uh, Batalon that plays uh, Ned. All those returning characters are all really good. They all fit really well in their roles and everything. Um, and it's interesting to see after the events of specifically Spider-Man: Homecoming, you know, with um, with uh, basically Spider-Man being revealed to Aunt May and to uh, Ned after the after the events of that film. It's interesting to see, you know, because you do have the classic scenes of like. Uh, Peter Parker will almost get caught as Spider-Man and they'll have to explain like oh I'm here for this reason and I'm I'm doing this or that for this reason um and him sort of him sort of comedically explaining him way out of his way out of certain scenes I thought was still great it was still the comedic Spider-Man stuff that we that we know and love um and everything like that it's interesting when because I remember when they first came came back with Spider-Man and you know Tony Stark was very like big influence the, the sort of uh, father figure that, that Peter Parker needed and Peter Parker was sort of the son figure that uh, Tony Stark needed at the time as well uh, they both sort of needed each other and kind of didn't realise it or whatever 
Um, it's interesting when you have, you know, because you've got your your normal um, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You know, he's in his normal suit. He's just got his webs and his spider sense and like his obviously his climbing abilities and all that sort of stuff and the athleticism and all that sort of thing. I I quite like how they have really slowly over let's say over four films so over from Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh, Avengers Infinity War, Endgame and now Far From Home how they've sort of used those four films to transition Spider-Man to not to Iron Man like you're not seeing um, him put on like the Iron Man suit or anything crazy like that like he's still Spider-Man he's still wearing his own suit and that sort of thing but I like how they've slowly put tech into into the hands of Peter Parker and obviously he does like science stuff he still understands some of it and all that Um, and obviously he learns certain things from Tony and like Tony's obviously left certain things behind for him and all that sort of stuff. Um, because I remember when they first said about like the iron suit and then like the iron spider suit and then all these other suits. And it's like okay, that's very like a very techy sort of thing for Spider-Man to to do to sway him away from the friendly neighborhood normal suit kind of Spider-Man, uh, where he's taking down thugs in alleys and and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then you know ends up going to space and he wears this advanced like Avengers suit and all that sort of thing. And you'll see as well in this film how all those sorts of things evolve as well. And I think I, as someone that was like a little bit more unsure about the tech side of Spider-Man, um, I quite like how they've done it. And I think this film continues to do that as well. It continues to progress him in that way and continues to um, not make it feel too rushed or too forced is what I'm trying to say. So... Um, yeah, there's a ton of stuff that I need to leave until the spoiler section. Uh, if you're not, again, if you're not familiar with what we do at Entertainment Talk, I'm going to keep this as spoiler-free as possible. Uh, we'll take a break, do housekeeping, let you know what else we're doing on Entertainment Talk. Then I'll give you one more warning, uh, and then we'll go into spoilers. So, um, I had a bit of, a bit of, like, wind taking out my enthusiasm for this. I was, like, scrolling around. For some reason, I decided to do this. I, I, um, saw... Spider-Man Far From Home was trending, and again, this isn't something I should do, but I saw a lot of people giving spoiler-free thoughts, and, uh, you know, most of it was the same, you know, this film's amazing, watch the end credit scene, by the way, you're going to want to stay for both of the, it's the mid-credit scene, and in the post-credit scene, uh, as well, you're absolutely going to want to stay for those, and I'll, of course, be talking about those in the spoiler section, um, I had one of them spoiled for me, which was a bit unfortunate, um, and I, I think the way they lead up to the particular thing that happens is sort of, yeah, whatever. I, I can't really talk about it here. So, um, yeah, I really, really liked it. I Again, I think Tom Holland just continues to be incredible as Spider-Man. I do think that he's kind of the definitive Spider-Man. Um, and what I kind of mean by that is, like, Tobey Maguire um, was, like, a good Spider-Man and a decent Peter Parker. Again, he was, like, an older version. To be honest... I don't remember a whole lot about, um, is it Andrew Garfield? Uh, I think is it, um, yeah, Andrew Garfield as, uh, as Spider-Man. Um, to be honest, I just don't remember a lot of his performance. So if you were to ask me, like, okay, what did you think of Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man? I think he's the worst out of the three of them, but I just don't remember, I don't remember those films very well, The, the Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, because they just, they just weren't great or whatever. Um... But where I was going with that is I think that Tom Holland nails both the... And granted, he's got the age thing on his side. Because obviously Toby was older, Andrew was older. Um, and like, 
even though Tom Holland I think is like 25 now or something or in his 20s he still fits into the story as a teen a young adult or teenage uh like a late teen young adult kind of Spider-Man and and Peter Parker and it works really really well so like it comes across in his experience as well like you you sort of seen that grow over these these few films that he's been in and Civil War and everything I know he wasn't in Civil War quite so much but uh with with the main I'll say the main four films which is Homecoming uh Infinity War Endgame and uh Far From Home so uh yeah I like this film I, I'm not sure at the moment like do I think this is better than Spider-Verse do I think this is better than Homecoming I definitely think at least that those three films so Spider-Verse Homecoming Far From Home are all better than like uh Spider-Man 2 and 1 uh, and three and the amazing the two amazing spider-man films i'm gonna have to go through maybe at some point and do a podcast where i rank those films because uh you've got a lot of different a lot of different uh spider-man and different actors doing different stuff and of course you got the how animation side to consider with uh spider-verse um so yeah i enjoyed the film it was, it was really really good um we don't know we'll see what's next for the mcu but it's just that at times this felt more like just a marvel film than a spider-man film if you guys get what i mean um but uh yeah it so so it felt a little bit off in certain scenes but i still loved most of it so that was pretty good as well um and yeah it it did kind of it was annoying going in knowing what one of the post-credit scenes was going to be um or at least thinking i knew i couldn't tell if the person online was lying or whatever um so that took a bit of wind out of the sails for it but uh yeah still a great film i still really enjoyed it and i'm looking forward to obviously the future of uh of tom holland the mcu and all that sort of stuff um that's all the spoiler that's all of these spoiler free stuff i can really talk about here there's a ton of uh spoiler stuff to discuss as well uh so yeah join me in the housekeeping section and if you haven't seen spider-man far from home um you're gonna want to click out at the spoiler section but i'll let you guys know when that is and then you can uh, go from there so we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back in a minute today's sponsor is koalu if you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to koalu to get started they also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner so get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the, in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk. And to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so we're sitting on Entertainment Talk. Uh, Scream is coming back for Season 3. And we got a different sort of situation i did do a season uh three preview podcast where i went through uh audio wise all of the different trailers and promos that we've had for all, di- all different characters uh but if you used to follow scream and you thought that it got deleted or whatever or abandoned uh scream season three which is called resurrection is going to be starting next week 
on VH1, which is the is the American channel. It's like the sister network to uh, MTV, which is where Scream used to be on. Uh, Ghostface is back, and all the other all these other cool new characters are are in there and stuff. Uh, but VH1 Monday through Wednesday, the eighth to the tenth of July, uh, nine to eleven p.m. for each night. Uh, it's a three night event. They're doing six episodes, but you can listen to my season three preview podcast, uh, and it should be on Netflix in the UK. But Netflix haven't said anything yet, so we don't know if there's going to be episodes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So like the next day or if it's going to be a box set that that week or the week after we don't know what's going on with it so we just have to wait and see but i do intend to review either the episodes or the season uh depending on its uk release so we'll see how things go with that uh me and robert did a q a podcast uh either last week or the week before uh we answered a bunch of your guys questions it was about eight or ten or maybe eleven questions um just on random pop, pop culture stuff tv video games films all that sort of stuff uh we're very much open to doing a um Q&A too so if you missed your chance or you're new here or you forgot to send in something or whatever whatever the case is if you want to ask us a question we also are open to doing uh, personal questions mixed in there as well of course if, as long as they're comfortable with asking uh, with answering the certain question uh, Matthew in Entertainment Talk Twitter eTalk UK is a contact page and information in your show notes uh, yeah send us Q&A questions obviously that's how you can also send in feedback for the different podcasts that we have uh, what else is in the Nintendo Switch? Um, I was in the middle middle of playing uh, one of the uh, Super Mario Brothers Deluxe U, whatever they're called, uh, the the platformer Mario game on the Switch, and then I decided to talk about uh, the Joy Cons and why they sort of need a redesign. So you can go and listen to that podcast as well. Uh, there'll be a new episode of the Chat Podcast. I'll be doing that after this, and they should be up around the same time. Um, last week on Gaming Talk, speaking of Tom Holland and Spider Man and all that good stuff, and Sony as well. Uh, Sony is developing an Uncharted movie, uh, which is going to be based off of the, uh, of course, the PlayStation exclusive uh, video game franchise. And yet again, uh, Tom, Holland, Tom Holland is going to be playing a young version of a different character. This one's going to be uh, Nathan Drake, of course, the protagonist for the Uncharted series. Uh, and that's going to be coming out some point next, I think it's December 2020 they've set for it. So me and Robert discussed the casting for that. Um, we talked about some other nonsense with EA, and we also talked about... Um, or was it some more video game uh, to TV adaptions that are going to be happening as well? Um, and this week we're going to be talking about some other stuff, some interesting stuff happening with PlayStation. So stay tuned for all that sort of stuff as well. Classic Reviews is on a break. There won't be a new episode this week. Uh, but the latest episode is Season 2, Episode 5, which is for the Terminator 2. There's also an update podcast out there for what's going on with the Terminator 3 podcast. So check that out as well if you want to. And it will be ba- it will be back on the 21st of August. Um, and that's kind of what we got going on we, on Entertainment Talk. Uh, we've got iZombie uh, episode in a few weeks when it comes back. Uh, so look out for that as well. And uh, yeah, gaming podcast, stay tuned for all that good stuff. And the film reviews that we've all done, that we've done. Uh, Brightburn, Toy Story 4 and uh, Child's Play I did recently as well. So check all that stuff out, entertainmenttalk.org or on podcast platforms. Okay, if you've not seen Spider-Man Far From Home, this is your second or maybe third and final spoiler warning. Because uh, there's some big stuff in here for me to go through and uh, talk about. So if you've not seen Spider-Man Far From Home... Uh, you're going to want to turn the podcast off. So go in your podcast app, pause the podcast, check out something else that we've done. Or if you're listening on the website, just simply click on the homepage button or press back or whatever you need to do. Do whatever you need to do to turn off the podcast because I'm going to go into spoilers now. Cool. So um, I also thought this is something I couldn't really... I mean, it's kind of obvious in a way, but... Um, 
with them doing the whole Mysterio thing and the reveal of Peter Parker's identity or Spider-Man's identity as Peter Parker, obviously, and then the J J Jonah Jameson, J J J J Jameson, wherever his name is, uh, the uh, Daily Bugle reporter, obviously, or the head of Daily Bugle, uh, with uh, J K Simmons coming back. That was pretty cool as well. He was supposed to be. Wasn't he uh, Commissioner Gordon in the Justice League or something? But now no one knows what's happening with the second. or where, I, I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know if he's going to be like Commissioner Gordon in, in the Batman. But I suppose he can do both. He can be uh, the new um, JJ, J. Jonah Jameson. Um, and he can probably be Commissioner Gordon as well if, if, if he's got time and stuff uh, for that as well. But uh, yeah, really surprised to see you know someone coming back from one of the old trilogies, I suppose, or one of the old films, because of course he played that role. I don't know if it coming if it was in Spider Man Three, but it was Spider Man One and Two. I'm pretty sure that that he was in uh, for J Jonah Jameson or JJ JJ Jameson, however you want to say his name. Um, and it's kind of obvious that like okay, they set up this whole Mysterio thing with Spider Man now being well like a criminal or a vigilante in some sort of way. It depends how the public sort of sees him, or you know. The classic uh, Spider-Man's a menace line, I guess, from uh, JJ. I'm just going to call him JJ. JJ Jameson. Um, with that all happening, and obviously he's going to start harassing Spider-Man and probably Peter Parker as well. It's going to be interesting as well because now that... Because obviously the classic thing is... Um, like a classic storyline is Peter Parker works for the Daily Bugle... Uh, and then brings pictures of Spider-Man, which is easy for him to do because he is Spider-Man. And then brings them to JJ, and he gets that's his job. It's going to be interesting to see in probably Spider-Man three. I don't know. I don't know how many films are left in the Sony deal now. Um, I think this might have been the last one, or there might be one more. But they should probably renew that like ASAP uh, as soon as possible. Um, but it's going to be interesting that like okay, now that he knows that Spider-Man and Peter Parker are the same person. You can't really follow that classic storyline because now that he thinks Spider-Man is a menace, who he also knows is Peter Parker, um, why would he hire him to take photos of Spider-Man? So they're going to have to do something a little bit different. It'll be interesting to see in Spider-Man 3 or whatever film comes out next, um, which will it'll probably be in Spider-Man 3, I'm guessing, in about two years or something, um, how things go forward with that and then what they do. Because I'm sure there was a scene... Um, is over at the end of the film or the lead up to the post credits that that particular scene because he's swinging with MJ in his arms or whatever, uh, which again another cool classic uh, Spider-Man one or two uh, scene that they did with uh, Toby uh, Maguire. Um, yeah, with them kind of leading up to it, I'm sure he swings past the Daily Bugle at some point. They don't show the building that much, but they show like desks and computers and that, and it looks very Daily Bugle esque. So I'm wondering going forward. Um, because, again, you, there's no reason for Peter Parker to be in there, necessarily. Um, so I'm wondering how they're going to use that, and maybe, maybe it's just going to be, like, because obviously social media is, like, a kind of a big thing, or whatever. If you just see JJ, like, on the TVs, and on the radio, and then in, like, uh, newspapers, and other stuff like that, and, I mean, they could have some scenes in the Daily Bugle that have... Uh, JJ himself and maybe you bring Eddie Brock in at some point who knows and he's like trying to help JJ chase down Spider-Man and Peter Parker uh, I know we don't have an Eddie Brock at the moment but you could obviously introduce one uh, at some point uh, but yeah it's going to be interesting to see how they use Daily Bugle and that character given that you can't really do the classic Spider-Man taking photo Peter Parker taking photos of Spider-Man thing because he's after him so why would he let him do that anyway um yeah, I I thought so. I thought Mysterio was interesting, and I thought that um, one of the best scenes for me in this film, and the one that I sort of smiled at the most, 
at a lot of points in this film, Spider-Man is getting like pretty badly defeated by Mysterio. I mean, he almost gets him run over with the whole train thing. I don't quite know how he survived that, but he did. Uh, again, like comic book stuff or whatever. So he almost kills Spider-Man at, at a particular point, and he like manipulates him with imagery and with the hologram holograms and all that sort of stuff. Um, I thought that the scene where you have what was it they called it the the Peter Blimp Peter Peter um I can't remember what Aunt May called it the uh, her word for like the spider sense sort of thing, and in the scene where um. Like he's trying to do it, Mysterio's trying to do another illusion kind of thing mixed in with the um with the drones doing like uh simulated um yeah you know, messing him about and all that sort of stuff. I can't think of the word when he's doing all that and then like he's all because like he's almost got Mysterio and he's like punching him and then Mysterio gets the one drone and shoots him off. I thought it was really cool when um like he says oh like this is a this is a bad situation but I prepared for contingencies and he shoots Spider Man off. And then he, you know, Spider-Man gets up and then he sees, what, like, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, maybe drones in front of him. And, like, that moment where the the screen goes black and you see Spider-Man standing there. He does that breathe thing and he he says, let's bring up the, like, look for the Peter Tingle or something. And he does that thing where he breathes. And you don't see him close his eyes, but it's probably that moment where, like, he breathes and closes his eyes. Uses Spider-Sense and just beats him. I thought that was absolutely fantastic, uh, the way that they did that. Because... Leading up to that scene, it did feel like, okay, Spider-Man's just this kid with uh, web shooters and some powers, whereas this Mysterio guy's like got these illusions and he's got these drones and he's got all this tech and all that sort of stuff. Um, which is, again, interesting with the whole Tony Stark, uh, what do you call it, influence kind of angle with all the technology and stuff and the glasses and that and him trying to take them, taking the glasses later and or they, they get given to Mysterio later on. Uh, or like earlier in the film, I thought it was really interesting that they how much just how much of a part tech played in this film and how it sort of fed into Mysterio overpowering Spider-Man pretty much throughout most of the film, and then him finding that one moment of like, okay, I'm Spider-Man, I've got this uh, spider sense, and like he uses it to defeat him. I, I just thought that was really really cool. That was probably one of the best scenes of the film for me. Um, yeah, some other cool stuff was um, I mean I should probably talk about the other post credit scene which is uh blew blew my mind more than uh obviously the other one so the yeah the the one about um peter parker's identity was the one that i'd been spoiled on unfortunately uh, I, d- I hadn't been spoiled on how it happened and i didn't know about jj and all that sort of stuff uh i just someone i just saw someone tw- on twitter tweet out like oh they find out spider-man's identity or something like that and i thought oh great it's great that i know that or whatever um but yeah nick fury essentially having like is it Cree or is it Scroll? I think it's the uh, uh, Cree. They go out and um, like they've been, uh, they shapeshifted into Maria Hill and into Nick Fury the whole time. It didn't take away too much from those two characters for me because it still felt very much like most of the things that those two did, other than the knowledge thing with Nick Fury, worked pretty well. But that was still kind of mind blowing to me. So. Um, like, I don't know if some of you guys would have seen it coming or whatnot, but I sort of didn't, and, um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd heard going in before I'd been spoiled in the press credit scene that, like, these two things were game-changing. I definitely, obviously the Spider-Man identity thing is game-changing. Um, I, do, I don't know how much influence this whole Nick Fury, uh, thing is gonna play out later. It's, it's hard to tell, although you've got this massive base full of these, these Creole, these scroll or whatever they're called, 
Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he uses that going forward. Because in terms of like big shield members big like marvel characters like obviously we've not got tony stark anymore and we've got nick fury in there with maria hill and then we've got um brought his name up the one that was with uh, happy hogan the one that was with peter parker throughout the most of the film uh, other than that like spider-man's pretty much on their level in a certain way because um there's like there's no more colson he's in agents of shield and that's the, the stuff's happening over there um, but there's not any other like higher ups in the shield agents or like the Marvel agents and all that sort of stuff that can like take over some of those roles. So it's going to be interesting to see how how those roles change in the future with uh, Murray Hill and with uh, Peter Parker and Nick Fury and stuff. So that's going to be cool as well. Um, but yeah, I I thought I did think this was a great film. It just didn't feel certain at certain times like a Spider Man film. Um, but then they did have, like, all the teen stuff with, uh, Ned and his girlfriend, who unfortunately obviously broke up at the end of the film. I thought that the, I wasn't quite sure on MJ going into this film, nothing against, like, the character or whatever. She just felt like she was this thrown-in love interest at the start. And then, like, as they grew together in this film and all that sort of stuff and their relationship developed, um, she, her, her character sort of clicked with me more in, in this film as well. So that, that was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, it's a great film. I really enjoyed it. I thought that um, that this was a really great way of saying like, okay, um, Spider Man isn't going to be Iron Man. Like he's not going to put on Iron Man suit, but he's going to be a very he's going to be a very tech focused Spider Man in the future. But with the influence of Tony Stark's tech, I thought that was a great way to sort of push things forward now especially with everything that's happened to the the other avengers and stuff i thought that was that was pretty great as well um yeah i don't know what else to really talk about with this i really enjoyed it and i can't wait to see i mean we've got comic so so what they sort of have planned to do is because everything that happened with endgame and infinity war um and then with spider-man far from home obviously they got comic-con which is actually this month it's like the 19th i think it's it starts which is i think on the friday uh, so it starts then, obviously, they'll and they'll probably announce, like, they'll probably get Kevin Feige uh, up on the stage, and they'll probably announce, like, the next wave of, like, Phase 4, I think it is next, for uh, for the MCU. And it's interesting that we do know certain films that are probably going to happen. So probably Spider-Man 3, whatever they decide to call it, like, the third Spider-Man film. Um, I doubt you're going to see any Avengers announcements yet, because you kind of need to rebuild the Avengers a little bit. Like, you've got certain characters in there that are going to be part of the next Avengers, but I think from when they next do, like, okay, next Spider-Man, the next uh, Doctor Strange and Guardians, and, uh, what's his name, Black Panther, and the next Captain Marvel, those sorts of things, if they can do, do what they did at the start, do, like, these other singular films, and even though all those characters have been introduced already, do, like, one more sort of single film for each of them, so, like, another Captain Marvel, another Black, uh, another um, Black Panther, and maybe another Spider-Man or whatever, um, and then you can build to like a, a new Avengers or whatever they can do. And also you've got like Ant-Man and the Wasp and stuff. They'll probably have, I, I'm guessing they might have one more film for, for those two. Uh, but I doubt it's going to be a solo like Ant-Man 3. I think it's going to be an Ant-Man and the Wasp 3 or 2, however they want to word that. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see at Comic-Con what Kevin Feige announces. Obviously you've got Disney Plus as well, so you've got like all the Hawkeye series and all that sort of stuff going forward. So we know like the rough plans of things that are happening, but we don't know solid details of dates and all that sort of thing so it's going to be interesting at comic-con see what they announce that's going to be really cool as well uh but yeah that's pretty much my review of spider-man far from home really enjoyed it it's an interesting way for them to set up into the next phase of the mcu 
and we'll just have to wait for Comic-Con to see what's next. Um, but thank you very much for listening. You can find all the content on entertainmenttool.org. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, uh, it's Patreon. we're on Patreon, Entertainment Talks on Patreon. We have an Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We'll get a small cut of what you spend. It won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds, please write, review, and subscribe to those. Subscribe to get new episodes. And you can simply, if you don't want to review the feed, you can rate it as well. Just click on the star rating. Uh, and word of mouth to your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. Obviously, if, if people at work are saying they're seeing Spider-Man at the weekend, or if it's Toy Story, or Child's Play, or Brightburn, any of those films that we've covered, uh, or if they're watching... Good Girl Season 2 or whatever they're doing, uh, tell them about the website and the iTunes feeds and that will help us uh, to get more people listening and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, Yeah, share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, put them in different Facebook groups, all that good stuff. Um, And lastly, video games. If you want to watch me, Robert or David, play different video games, me and David stream on Twitch, Robert streams on Mixer. Thank you all for listening and here's to Phase 4. We shall see what happens. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Goodbye.